Physically, it's very different because I'm old. And so it's a, it's a different ball game when, you know, I'm 40 and I don't recover like a 25 year old. I don't recover like a 30 year old and I don't recover like a 35 year old. You know, I do the training program and it's just, there's a bit more thought that has to go into it. You know, in terms of my recovery, that's the biggest issue is like, I don't recover as fast. Welcome to the other three years, a show for anyone who has an Olympic sized dream they want to turn into a reality. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Other Three Years podcast. This week on the podcast, I have 10-time U.S. rowing national team member and two-time Olympic gold medalist in the women's eight from 2012 and 2016, Megan Moosnicki. Moose, as she is called by most of her teammates, is a pretty incredible woman and athlete. She's currently training to try to qualify for her fourth Olympic team. And honestly, she's just such a boss. It's so cool to me and all of our teammates to get to train alongside her and really motivational and inspirational, I think. I had a great time sitting down with Meg and chatting about her comeback for Paris and what has changed over her years on the team and what continues to motivate her. We talked about how her other three years has changed over the past Olympic cycles and especially this cycle. It was just a really great conversation. I think everyone will really enjoy it. But before we get into that, here's an update on what's currently going on in my training. So we are in the third week of altitude camp, the last week, and definitely feeling it, but the end is in sight. So feeling that as well, feeling like I can complete the camp, which is really exciting. And yesterday we had a no erging day. So it was kind of an off day if you wanted it to be off. I went and hiked the Manitou Incline, which was like 2,700 stairs. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's a famous Colorado thing. And it was really fun. I went with a bunch of the other scholars and we just had a really great time. And then you don't have to go down the stairs. You can go down a different trail. So we did that. Watched some football this weekend, some exciting games, although as weird as it is, I, I do like the Bills, even though I'm a Patriots fan. I was a little sad that they lost. That was a close game and I was really rooting for them. But, you know, that'll happen. And now, like, I think a lot of the country, I am on the Detroit bandwagon because who doesn't love an underdog? And it's just so cool that they're in the playoffs and made it so far. And I hope they just keep winning, but also just kind of hope for some good games. I think that's what you like to see when your team isn't in it. So yeah, this week we just have some more workouts. We do have lactate testing at the end of the week and yeah, we just have a few more workouts, a few more hard things. And then on Sunday, we're all flying to Sarasota and we'll start our Sarasota camp. So I'm excited to finish Colorado off strong, but also excited to get to Sarasota and get back on the water and do the sport that, you know, we all like doing. This week is also exciting because it's my birthday. So that's fun, but my birthday will have already happened by the time this podcast comes out. So the fun will be over. <laughs> and now it is time for my conversation with Megan Musnicki. My like first question how did you decide to row again in this quad? Because I feel like you were pretty much like new life in San Francisco. 
That's a great question. So this quad, I like how you specified, how did you decide to row again this quad? Um, that's <laughs> that's great. Uh, it kind of happened a bit organically, I would say. Uh, this, let's see, I got married right after Tokyo in September of 2021 and then moved across the country and didn't row, worked out still, because this anyone who knows me, they know that I love love to work out, but uh, started working out and actually met up with Jess Morrison, the Australian pair, Bowsey to the Australian pair, who uh, at the time was dating and they're now engaged to Austin Heck. And we started training non-rowing together. She knew she was going to go back to Australia and row. And I knew that I just enjoyed working out. Uh, so we would work out together. I actually blame or credit, depends on who you ask, Mike Tatey uh, for my my first race back, Jess and I would occasionally go out in a pair uh, just to row around. And Mike was like, will not you guys race at Henley? And we're like, Royal Henley? <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, you know, and so, you know, CRC set us up and paid for us to go over there and found us housing. And uh, we got to race the, the women's pair over there. And it was a ton of fun. We're both very competitive. So we wanted to do well, but we both went into it like, this is just going to be fun. This is just for fun. Uh, and it was t a ton of fun. And I loved it. And I loved racing and being able to race with one of your close friends is, is a really cool experience. Uh, we got back from that. And Again, she always knew she was going to go back to Australia and, and train, but I still, I was like, okay, that's it. And continued to work out. And then I got the itch and I was like, hmm. And it was in December of, it had to have been last December. It was about a year, just over a year ago. All of the guys were doing the national team testing that December and they got the date for when the 6K was. And I was like, well, why don't I just see see what kind of shape I'm in. Uh, so I trained for like three or four weeks on the erg and granted I had been working out, right? Like it wasn't like off the couch or anything like that. And I was like, see where I see how I stack up. And so, you know, I ripped a six K and didn't do too poorly compared to everyone else. And so I thought to myself, all right, well, I guess, I guess I could, I could continue to try and do this, but I, the, my mentality was very short term. I didn't think very long term out down the line about it versus in my other quads, you know, you always had the end, the end goal of the performing at the Olympics and what you wanted to get at the Olympics. This was very much like do it to the next kind of checkpoint for me to make sure I was still enjoying it, to make sure my body could handle it, to make sure I wanted to be doing it. And long story short, Allie Rusher came out and we got in a pair together, which is a story in and of itself that we can get into <laughs> if you want. Um, and I ended up racing with Allie at the speed order last year and that kind of solidified rowing for that year. There wasn't one specific moment where I was like, okay, I'm back. It was very one step at a time. And then obviously the, the whole Allie coming out made it possible and the, the, the system made it possible for me to do that. So like, there's a whole lot of other things that I could go into, but you might have another question. So obviously like working out is like one thing, but like training is another. So like, I assume it was like less pressure. Initially. Yes. That's an interesting question. Initially. Yes. It was less pressure. Um, because I guess I would say I was kind of doing it off the cuff. Yeah. You know, it was this bonus opportunity. Yeah. I had a job, a full-time job. I still have a full-time job with this company Equinix in, um, it's based in Redwood city. Uh, and I, 
they're incredibly supportive of what I'm doing. And when I told them, you know, this is what I'm going to try to do, they were they were great about it, which, you know, like a lot of things fell in line mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. And I, there's a lot of reasons that I was able to do it. But yeah, training is different than working out. And it's all different this time around, I would say. How so? Physically, it's very different because I'm old. And so it's a, it's a different ballgame when, you know, I'm 40 and I don't recover like a 25-year-old. I don't recover like a 30-year-old and I don't recover like a 35-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, I do the training program and it's just there's a bit more thought that has to go into it, you know, in terms of my recovery. That's the biggest issue is like I don't recover as fast. So if I do a hard workout in an afternoon, I will most likely not be quote unquote recovered by the next morning. It just doesn't work that way. And so I can't, I mean, I can do another hard workout, but that will further put me in a hole. And so it's just a matter of managing how deep the hole I get in is mm-hmm. and keeping whatever the next assessment or uh, important workout is in mind mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm not digging myself out of this giant trench because it's not going to take just an afternoon off to like yeah, snap me back. Yeah. Those were the days. But I feel like that dovetails well into like the new system because mm-hmm. I do feel like, I mean, obviously we have like a training program and things right. are, you know, a bit centralized, but like there also is a lot more like individuality. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's the new training system is one of the main reasons that I am competing still. I would say the older system definitely shaped me into the athlete that I am. I had so much success in that system. Mm-hmm. From the outside, it's it made me tough, it made me successful, it made me have a high standard, and it shaped who I am uh, as an athlete. And I'm able to carry that with me into this new system, so I consider myself pretty lucky because the new system has allowed me to live and train out of CRC, mm-hmm. you know, with l- my husband. So I didn't have to live on the other side of the country for X number of years. All of these things kind of allowed me to be able to come back because if I had to move to Princeton last year in December... I wouldn't have done it. it. You know, like it just wasn't worth it. I had a full-time job. I have my two cats, Frank and Beans, and I have, of course, my husband. Yeah. (laughs) And it just, it wouldn't have been worth it. And so it was like, okay, that's another one of the reasons why like the short term was so, the short term objectives were so important. It was like checkpoints, like, okay, yep, mm -hmm, this is still working. I'm still liking this. And, you know, I can still do it here Mm -hmm. and not have to completely uproot my life yet. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel like there's a different like energy sort of within the team? For sure. They're always have. I mean, every single, every single quad, there's a different energy, every single quad. Um, And I also think it's important to recognize that the energy that you perceive a team to have is largely shaped by your position on the team. Hmm. I think someone who has a ton of success on a team is going to view the team differently than someone who has had no success. I think someone who sits right on the bubble is going to view it differently than someone who is more confident. And again, that's not to say it's right or wrong or good or bad. I think it's just important to take it into account when you're like assessing a system. Yeah. It would be easy to say, oh, this is terrible. It's horrible. It doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work for me or it doesn't work for X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, there is no one program or one system that works for everyone. That's not the way sport works. That's not the way elite sport works. No, that's true. How has it been like training, you know, now that it is like more serious Mm -hmm. while having like 
because you were just, you know, in Princeton at the training center, which was a pretty like, yes, full-time gig, like just kind of reclusive almost Correct. thing. Correct. Like, how is it now living with your husband and like having a full-time job and training in a more like independent way? It's great. It's, uh, it's harder and easier at times. Mm -hmm. There are many times where I'm so exhausted. I want nothing more than to just lay in my bed all day and not do any work. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, do I really have to go do work right now? It's a nice distraction, I mm -hmm. would say. So you're not totally consumed by rowing 24 seven. Um, so that that's been great. And then, you know, it's a, somewhat of a different question, but like living and train or living with my husband who also happened to be my coach, yeah. um, is, is an interesting dynamic in and of itself, uh, that you have to kind of learn to balance and there's a, a learning curve to it. Oh, uh, sure. so it's been largely good. That's not to say there aren't days where I'm just like sitting at my computer, like crying, thinking, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> but you know, like I said, the company I work for is wonderful and they're super supportive and very inquisitive about what I do, which also is really nice. Cause it's like, Oh wow, these people actually kind of care or have an interest in what I'm doing. Yeah. So like you've never trained at altitude, nope. right? This is your first time. Yeah. yeah. So how has that been? Were you nervous to come here? Um, I wasn't, ner I was more nervous to, to be honest, I was more nervous to come here to reintegrate with the women. Mm. That's what made me the most nervous. The training aspect of it is something that for whatever reason I generally doesn't make me nervous. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's the way I think about it. I don't know if it's just kind of because I've been around so long and I know that I've, I've done a lot. Mm -hmm. So I was more nervous about integrating with the group. Having said that, I knew it was going to be challenging. Like my sister lives at alt altitude. She lives near Jackson Hole and it's like 6,200 feet there. And so we go out there every Christmas. Okay. And so when I would do that before going to Chula in the previous cycles, I know what it's like to erg at altitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Granted, it was only for like seven days at most. And then I would go back down to sea level, but it is a different beast. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. It's harder. <laughs> you walk upstairs and you're like, wait a minute, I'm an elite athlete. I can't make it up three flights of stairs without being out of breath for 45 seconds. <laughs> so I guess I wasn't, I wasn't too afraid of the altitude aspect just because it was like, it's just being comfortable with the fact that you're going to be uncomfortable and then trying to make it not disruptive yeah. as much as you can. Like to how can you kind of improve your sleep or like, how can you you know, work on your recovery more and just try and really focus on those things. And because you're at a training center, it's a lot easier to do because everything is right here. Yeah. It's been good so far. That's good. Two weeks down, one to go. Yeah. I mean, I think the worst is yeah. over. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. I was yeah. looking at the schedules. I was walking to lunch and I was like, all right, I can do that. Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> I can yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like it's kind of cool that like even now in your career you're still like doing new things like that's kind of it's how like, yeah kind I mean, of cool how it's I think about that and I'm like how else are you gonna learn yeah right like it's a it's the best way to learn something that was one of the things that I loved about training in the pair out of CRC with Mike and Skip was having uh different coaches for the mm -hmm. first time because it you don't know everything about rowing and to have someone articulate something, it's obviously all the same concepts, right? Like we're all going for the same concepts, but the way people articulate it resonates with you differently. Mm -hmm. And so that's been the, uh, a really cool part is to have someone say something to me that finally clicks or that makes me think about a part of the stroke differently mm -hmm. and just being able to be like, Oh, yep. That is very helpful. Or what, like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you mean this? And then it's, that's cool because you just, there's so much you can always learn Yeah. to thankfully to, to improve and to like move the needle. 
I think about that all the time. I'm like, I've taken so many strokes. How could it still be so hard? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a, it's like a golf swing yeah. or a tennis swing, right? You know, like you want to replicate it as identically so. as, as possible in certain situations, but then there has to be like this certain nuance to it, depending yeah. on what you're doing. And it's, it's fun to figure out and frustrating to figure out. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. Oh, but now you're going to go in the camp. I heard a rumor. I, I am. I am going into camp. That's, that's very exciting. It is very exciting. Um, uh, we go to Florida in week. a week. Yeah. Uh, See what happens. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I definitely still get nervous about it. Yeah. You know, I want what everybody else wants. There's so much invested in it and there's so much um, weight that you put on it or the amount with which you want it is scary because you're like not regardless, not everyone is going to get it. Yeah. And that's like a scary thing. But I feel like you can't like live in that. No, definitely not. Yeah. That's why you got to roll it back and be like, okay, what do I have to do today? Right this second, what do I need to be doing? Um, it's the easiest way to do it. And that's one of the things that I've been working on is, you know, managing the stress and anxiety uh, that comes with elite level performance and then finding what works to help to to manage it. And for me, it's a lot about not getting too far ahead of myself. Mm. You know, like, okay, we have this erg test at this time and then I have a race at this time, like further down the line. And then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like weeks down the road. Mm-hmm. I can be aware of it. Like I'm not living in denial that it's happening. But me thinking about that right now is doing nothing to help me get faster. Yeah. So it's, I think I start to roll it back and think of what is it today that will help me be faster? Yeah. And sometimes it's something that I want to do and other times it's something that I don't want to do. But most of the time I know what the answer is. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. It's more manageable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's much more manageable. I think that's a thing that a lot of younger athletes can get carried away with is being like, well, I want, I want to go to the Olympics and I want to, you know, I want to win a gold medal or I want to do whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yes, we all want to do that. Yeah. But if all, if that's all that you're thinking about right now, you're going to drown. Yeah. Because it's, there's too many steps. There are way too many steps between now and then. Yeah. You know, you can think I, I want to win a gold medal the day before your final. Yes. Right. Like you can have that in your head as yeah. motivation, right. You know, and have it be something that motivates you, that pushes you, but it's not your sole focus, yeah. you know, breaking it down into more manageable chunks, smaller goals, whatever it is that works for you. Um, and realizing that you're going to have a lot of crap days between now and then, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's an impossibility. It's just the reality. Yeah. When you train as much as we do, you can't have day after day, week after week, month after month of quote unquote perfection. You know, it's not always going to be a good time. (laughs) (laughs) It's not? It's it's not always going to be a good time, Christy. Do you feel like there's anything that you've done in this cycle 
that you like hadn't done before? Hmm. Um, I do more mobility as I get older. Um, I have to, I definitely have to warm up for longer. Um, I'm still working on forcing myself to stretch for longer after the workouts. Well, there's actually like proven things that that does nothing. Oh, I don't know. Great. I can check that off my list. This is, this is great news. Perfect. So I'll take that off my to-do list for today. Um, working with a sports psych or, uh, is also super helpful just to help. It's like any normal doctor checkup. Yeah. You know, manage, you, you have to manage your mind. And, um, sometimes it's, it's, for some people it's harder than others. And that's why there's people out there that can help you do it. Yeah. You know, and it's always nice to have someone that you can kind of basically unload on. Yeah. And it's not, you know, I mean, yeah, you have girlfriends or, or, or boyfriends or family members or whatever, but this is an, an objective yeah. third party that has nothing really invested in what you're doing and has kind of a detachment from, from you. And it's, it's a, it's a great resource to answer your question. The biggest thing that I've had to do differently is the volume of, of training that I do. I was always one of those athletes that was, that did more, Mm -hmm. um, you know, do more, pull harder, work harder. Um, that will make you faster. Spoiler alert doesn't work. The older you get (laughs) can kind of be detrimental. Uh, so that is hard for me and managing the anxiety that comes with that, because that's the only way I knew how to be. And that was the way that I did it. And that was the way that brought me success. And so I'm trusting that like, okay, you're at a different stage in your career what you need to be successful is different than what you needed five, 10, 12 years ago. But that's scary because if you, you know, if you're like, well, I know this works, I know this works for me rather like not for everyone, but I know this works for me and having to step away from it. Yeah. And kind of really embrace that for me, more is not always better. Yeah. Has been really challenging. And that kind of, you know, is also a deeply rooted psychological belief, obviously, yeah. that need, that requires talking to someone about. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like it's interesting. Like, I also very much subscribe to, like, I can do more. Mm-hmm. Like, I can, like, like, that's how I, like, build confidence yes. in myself. I, too, feel like I have, like, things to prove that it's, like, works. Yeah. But I, whatever, got injured a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a very interesting, you know, working with Kat on like, how can we monitor these things? So like, you know, you have like evidence to prove when you should be resting or when you should be taking time off. And I feel like having that, like for me, like having my whoop and like, no, like having like evidence is helpful for for me so that it's not just like, I'm listening to my body, you know, and that's not to say like, no, for sure. But it's, some people need more like a concrete, like something they can look at to see. Yeah. I understand that. That's, and it's, Look, everybody knows that there's tons of evidence out there. The, the, the way you build fitness is through continual training. Yeah. Right. So if you're training really hard and then getting injured for three weeks and then training really hard and then you're injured, like for, it does nothing. <laughs> then if you're like, okay, well, maybe I should like back off, but it allows me to train for a year, a full year or whatever it may be at a time without inter without major interruptions to the cycle, yeah. that's going to be far more beneficial than if you're just like 120% for four weeks or for three months. Yeah. And then like you've pushed yourself over the edge, you break and you have to take a week off, three weeks off or yeah, however, however long that it is. And you've interrupted it and it's like, Oh, then you start back over. Yeah. And it's like, okay, 
learn from those things. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, but again, it takes faith and trust. And like, I, I get that anxiety of, well, should I be doing more? I should, you know, like what, yeah. How do you know I shouldn't be doing more? Circling back to something you said, it also, one of the things I worked on or continue to work on is, is being happy with something when it goes well mm-hmm. and not immediately being like, okay, but it should have been better. Mm. Right. Like giving myself, even if it's like five minutes, you know, because I'm one of those people who will finish an erg test or whatever. And even if it's great or like at the time, I'm like, yeah, that like when I put the handle down, I'm like, that was good. I can almost guarantee you that within three minutes, I'm thinking to myself, if I was a little bit tougher at this part, or if I did this, you know, if I, what if I did this or, you know, I didn't become such a baby in the middle, could I have gone? And then it's like, you know, that's part of what makes me a good competitor, but it can also be very not beneficial. Yeah. You know, like acknowledge what goes well for sure. And, you know, give your, you know, don't sit in it for like, oh yeah, like that was amazing. I got this medal, like I got this medal at a world cup or whatever, and I don't need to do anything more. Okay. Well, that's probably a little too long, (laughs) right? Like perhaps we should, but you know, be happy with that. Yeah you said something to me the other day after one of our workouts about how you're like, Oh, Moose, I saw you did a really great job on that workout or whatever. And you said something like it, it made me go faster or like I was struggling and it made me go faster. And like, that's the kind of stuff that I love because people do that to me all the time. Like in terms of like, when I see them, I'm like, this person is making me faster. Yeah. That's why I like training, like with this group, you know, like being here. Exactly. And it, it, you can feed off of it or you could just be like, oh, this person is pushing too hard or like whatever, kind of put like this negative spin on it versus being like, you know, everybody has workouts where they don't feel great. You see someone else and it kind of gives you a little bit of that, a slight more of a mental edge or whatever it is to push just a tiny bit more. And that's, that's where you make improvements. It's not the workouts where you like feel great and you're just wailing on it or like you're you're like, wow, these numbers are amazing. I feel great. I'm about to PR. I'm gonna I'm crushing this. It's the ones where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I can do this. Oh my God, this hurts. Like I'm not in a great headspace. Because let's be honest, the third five hundred of a race, you're not in a great headspace. headspace. (laughs) It doesn't feel most of the time it doesn't feel great. But for me, if I can recall moments where I was like that and I held on that's what builds me, yeah. my confidence. That's where I'm like, yeah, you know, my teammates and I, we felt like garbage because we just did X number of weeks at altitude and we're doing X number of minutes. But like I saw each and or the one I was sitting next to or whatever, like dug into the well. Yeah. And so like, she's doing it. I can do it. I want to yeah. do it. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. That's what it's like to be on part in a group, part of a team. And it builds confidence. I feel like in yourself, but in other people, like mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, obviously already like respected Sophia like of course so much yeah but like watching her like do certain workouts and you're just like holy yeah how that's incredible yeah, yeah. like yes thank you yes for being in the same boat as yes me. I want so to that, row with you I yes. want to line up yes. with you and it's just like they're giving everything and like you're giving everything because they're giving everything mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't know and regardless of like even you probably saw Sophia before it and she may not have been feeling great or yeah. like whatever, but she still sits down, she shows up and she like, does it, does it, Yeah, you know, and maybe it's not the best that she's ever done on it every single time, but you know that she's like digging deep for it. And that does build a ton of confidence. And there is no feeling like sitting on the start line with your boat, whether it's one other person or seven other people 
and being like, I've seen each and every one of these women dig deep into a well. Yeah. And I know we're ready to just put our best foot out there and see what happens. Yeah. You have to believe in yourself or else you're just going to question yourself the whole way down the course. And when it starts to hurt, you're going to listen. You're going to listen. It's true. Well, thank you so much. Well, thanks for asking me. I have a question for you though. Please ask me my question. What is your favorite part about rowing the double? Well, I like the small boats because I like when you want to go, the boat will move. Mm -hmm. Like I don't get me wrong. Like I think rowing with a lot of people is super fun. And a couple of years ago I got to row in the eight at Henley, which like we didn't do as well as I think everyone would have liked, but like, it was a really fun experience yeah. getting to row in the eight, but like we're in the semi and we're losing. And I was like, we got to go. And I like went the yep. way that I would go in a double yep. and we did not move. <laughs> <laughs> nothing's happening yeah that's a real it's a real thorn when that happens isn't it you're like wait a minute which like isn't isn't to say yeah. like it probably actually didn't help anything that i wasn't growing with the rest of the boat you know it's fine it's, it's fine it was like 300 meters but like like we were talking about in the two-person boats like it's just such a unique relationship and like i feel really lucky rowing with sophia's sophia's probably no you know disregard to anybody yeah, else of course like one of the best like athletes I've ever encountered. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. This was so fun. Oh, you're welcome. So thanks for listening. And thank you so much to Moose for coming on the podcast and sharing so much. I had a really great time learning from her and feel lucky I could share the conversation with everyone. So to leave everyone this week, I'm sharing a quote from my quotes folder from Billie Jean King. And it's a good one, I think. So Billie Jean King says, reputation is what others think about you. What's far more important is character because it's what you think about yourself. So thanks for listening. See you next week. I'd love to hear from you. So send us a topic suggestion, or if you'd like to submit a question for our Ask Christy Anything segment, head to our website, theother3years.com.